Welcome to Daddy vs. Doctor. Here are your hosts, pediatrician Dr. Scott Cohen and comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. Welcome to Daddy vs. Doctor, an amazing show today. We are uh, peppering in celebrity guests here as we go because we've listened to the comments and we're delivering. Uh, We're like a restaurant. If you like something uh, and you want to see something on the menu, we'll put it on. Just tip generously. Yeah, just, uh, just leave a nice tip. And another edition of... Toy time. It's that time in this show for the bag. The mailbag. Mailbag question right. of the day. We're going to jump right into the bag. What do we got? All right. We got Anthony and Joanna from Buffalo Grove, Illinois. You familiar with it? It is a town over where I grew up in Arlington Heights. Oh. So, yeah, very familiar. Man, home. All right. Well, they just had a baby, and their question is... Who should we allow to see the baby and what precautions should we take when they see them? Okay, so speaking from my own experience, and I knew this was like one of these things that the baby's just born. Mm -hmm. It was like off limits Mm -hmm. for anybody that was outside the family. Because the fear was germs, bacteria, people bringing, touching the baby, and the the baby could get infected with some type of bacteria or virus. Now, I don't know uh, (laughs) if this was true uh, in pediatrics, if there's like a limit on the amount of visitors a baby can see within the first two to four weeks. But we were kind of like constantly want uh hand sanitizing and whatnot is there a rule so i think the most important thing is to understand why we say what we say because there'll be people who say you should be a prisoner in your home for the first two months so you get that first set of vaccines or do whatever you want and everything in between and to your point the concern is that any fever in the first month of age and then four to eight weeks is sort of a gray area is significant and even if they have the cold that everybody else in the house has we're talking automatic visit to the emergency room a myriad of tests that are not fun like a lumbar puncture urine test blood tests possibly admission for a couple days for antibiotics even if they have a virus and thankfully the baby ends up fine and usually it's a big it's called rule out sepsis we're ruling out the more serious infection and usually it's ruled out but we have to take that precaution in a young infant who has no vaccines because we don't know if it's something more serious so that's why people say be cautious the other side of that is i think friends and family are really important and we saw this a lot unfortunately during covid when people were quarantined and people didn't have the support around them when they were having new babies there was an increase in postpartum depression and you know, we need those people around us. So mm-hmm. I think if the people are important to you, uh, especially family and friends, and they don't have any overt symptoms, let them come see the baby, hold the baby, love the baby, uh, you know, just wash their hands or Purell. I think the kids I would keep away, that age group, that toddler age group, look, they're all disgusting. They're putting their hands in their mouth, their nose. They're all one day away from having something. They don't need to be on top of the baby kissy kissy. Maybe you keep them at arm's length. And then people that you're concerned about, you can take different levels of precaution. I mean, we're all used to masks now and you're worried about them. You could have them wear a mask or you could do it outside. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the final thing is if you have people around the baby a lot, it is good to have certain vaccines like wintertime 
flu vaccine. Uh, at any time, you know, uh, a whooping cough or a pertussis vaccine, consider a COVID vaccine, just anything that prevents the spread of something to the infant. But I think family and friends, like who did you have when Seraphine and Carissa were born? Did you Did you say everybody come over or did you really limit it? We just had immediate family and no one outside the family. No friends really. Oh, a friend came to the hospital. Yeah. That was another thing, like the hospital oh. visit. Um, you know, a lot of people wanted to come to the hospital. Right. And we were like, no, wait till we get home. Um, is there a general rule on hospital visits as far mm. as like... Uh, I know one of yeah. his friends came, which was fine. But like, what are you going to do? Have a, a, a line outside the hospital door waiting right. to see the kid? No, I mean, I, I think it also depends on on you and your significant other. Like, you know, it's a lot on Lana and Aaron. They just had this baby. They're tired. And sometimes it can be overwhelming to have constant guests. I think it, with the first child, you don't know. You're just excited. And it seemed like a revolving door. When one person left, the next person came and everybody brings something, flowers, lunch, whatever. And I think on the second, you realize, I just need some downtime. Yeah. Uh, and we and we limited it. Like even relatives flying out from the East Coast, on the second, we limited it because my wife just wanted to have time to spend with the baby where she didn't feel like she was also entertaining as well because it's overwhelming yeah no, it is. you know it is. so yeah all right so there you got it from Good buffalo question. grove illinois bg that's, yeah there that's you go the nickname of buffalo grove <laughs> You're talking with Dr. Cohen here, Sebastian Maniscalco. Thanks for calling into the Daddy versus Doctor show. And, uh, you know, we know what you called about, but give it to us in your words of what's going on there at the house. Okay. So I have an eight month old daughter and a two, a two and a half year old son. My eight month old daughter is still living in our room. I'm ready to move her out uh, because she is sleeping well throughout the night. Uh, you know, she wakes up a couple of times a night, maybe if the pacifier falls out or if there's a dirty diaper, but you know, if you shush her, she'll go back down. So I'm a little worried about moving her out of our room and into my son's room because my son is still very young. He's two and a half. And, you know, over the last couple of months, we have talked to him and, and explained to him like, don't put anything in the crib, no blankets, no pillows, no toys, you know, trying to keep my daughter safe, you know, once we move her in. And uh, I'm just trying to figure out how to navigate this because I know the first night that we move her out, you know, me and my wife are just going to probably be looking at the monitor and not sleeping. Um, I even thought about maybe getting an air mattress and just sleeping in there with them, which maybe I shouldn't do. But I wanted your advice on how to navigate moving her into his room because my son is still so young. So this is a good topic because you have two kids, yes. two years apart. I have two kids that were two years apart. So we did that. Have you done that yet? Are they in the same room? Uh, No. Do you know that you have kids in your house? Yeah, yeah, yeah I have. Okay. I have, I have. <laughs> there is a pause there. Like, oh, I don't know where they sleep. Do you sleep They're in the house. in the house with them? They're in the house somewhere. <laughs> they often come out in the morning. Um, <laughs> We were all very big on allowing the kids to just sleep in their own room and because we we just didn't want to deal with being a part of their sleep. It's very it's very um, 
easy uh-huh. to be a part of your kid's sleep pattern, right? You see, you hear about a lot of parents going into the room, taking the kid out of the crib, being with the the, uh, the baby. Here, it doesn't sound like it, that's an issue. It sounds like the child is sleeping throughout the night. Every once in a while, it gets up. But now it's time for them to, you know, yeah. move on. Is there anything that she's currently doing or is there anything that she can do to make this transition a little bit smoother? Is your son, the two and a half year old, is your son, right? Is he still in a crib? No, he's in his toddler bed and the toddler. and her crib that she'll be sleeping in. It's it's been in his room for months. Perfect. So yeah. we've been preparing him for this. Good. No, and I think the right any time after both children are sleeping through the night is a good time to put them in the same room because obviously when you have a newborn and they're waking up every three to four hours for the first couple months, that's not fair to the toddler because it's going to wake the toddler up. So often we have, like you have had your your daughter in the room with you and now she's sleeping through the night and now it's time to move her into the other room. Um, and I think I would just go for it. I would try not to sleep on an air mattress in the room because then you have to do one extra thing of weaning you out from them. I think make it yeah. a really positive experience for your son that he gets to be with his sister. I agree. I think as parents, you are going to be watching the monitor, making sure he's not taking a pillow and putting it over her head in the middle of the night, which isn't going to happen. I haven't had that happen in 20 years. Um, but as long as she's sleeping through the night and not affecting his sleep and you're going to do your bedtime routine together and he's going to go down, I, you know, I think he'll check in and he'll go look and he'll be inquisitive and there's a lot of positive reinforcement with that. But if they're both sleeping through the night, I think it will work out. I think the issue becomes when somebody's waking the other one up. And in those cases, interestingly, when parents want to put kids together and one isn't sleeping through the night, what I do is I move the younger one into the room where you want them to be sleep train them move the older one out to have a sleepover in a different place like the parents' room or make a fun time about that. And then after three or four nights when the baby has already been slept trained sleeping through the night, move the older child back in because you can move the older child in and out, whereas the younger one, the sleep training you want where you're going to have it. But I think the fact that you're eight months old sleeping through the night, I think this will work out really well. Now I'm interested to see if it works. Can I ask a follow-up question about um, timing? Because my daughter actually starts daycare next week. Okay. So should I hold off on doing this because it's going to be a big life change for her and for my son because my son is also at the same daycare. So now she's going to join him. You know, it's going to be a new routine. Is this going to mess up her sleep? And should I wait moving her out? I, I don't think you necessarily have to because there's always going to be something. And the fact, okay. again, that she's eight months and she's sleeping through the night where she sleeps. The only issue you may find is that when you move her into her own room with her brother, it's a new environment. So she may wake up. So you may have okay. to do a little re-sleep training where you do go in and and check on her and get her down. And if it becomes more disruptive to him, do what we talked about where you move him out for a couple nights to have a fun sleepover with the moms and then move him okay. back in and make it all like a real fun thing for him because he's the big brother. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank but you, I, I want to hear, I want to follow up on this. Yeah, we need a follow up to see yes. how this is going to work. So if you want to call back in about six weeks, we'd like to find out if you're <laughs> sleeping in the crib or <laughs> if you are uh, maintaining uh, your sleep throughout the night. So we appreciate you calling okay. in and uh, we wish you the That's best of luck. Thank you. Question uh, in regards to the crib and and things being in the crib. Mm, yeah, good question. When 
is it okay to throw a pillow in yeah. there, a blanket? Uh, eight months, too young? Too young, at a year. A year. So the reason we have nothing in the crib for the first year of life is SIDS, uh, the concern with sudden infant death syndrome, which peaks in the two to four month period, really drops off after six months when babies are more mobile and can move. But we don't want anything that could affect that. So loose blankets, pillows, bumpers, stuff like that. After a year, you can throw in the whole kitchen sink. The only thing I tell people to watch out for is as kids get older and are standing, they'll use stuffed animals or pillows to stand on to try to climb out. So make sure they're not doing that. Lower the crib to the lowest setting. Got it. Yeah. I thought you were going to ask me, when when did your kids get out of the crib? Oh, God, I don't even remember. I think recently Caruso got out of his crib about, I want to say, eight months ago. So maybe he was two and a half yeah so that's why i was asking her that question because typically you outgrow the crib around the height of a two and a half year old and sort of the bottom line is if that crib gate is below their nipple line then technically they could make their way out even if they never had it or if they've tried to climb out those would be your two reasons okay the only reason we ever leave baby jail is because of the safety reason we don't want them falling out the first time Understandable, understandable. Here, here's something I wanted to touch on as well. Daycare. Maybe it's just a connotation because the mm-hmm. last daycare I saw with those two, those three or four maniacs with the Halloween mask scaring the shit out of the kids, uh-huh. right? Uh, daycare in general. I've never, I would never went to daycare. Uh-huh. Did you ever go to daycare? I did not. Okay. Um, I got towed around with my mom to the grocery store until. Yeah, there was a lot of. I don't think growing up. I, no, I heard a lot about parents, daycare. Yeah. It was a lot, a lot with the parents. Now, obviously, times have changed. Two income mm-hmm. households, in order to, to keep the, the house running, there's that extra income needed. Yeah. What's your take? And I don't want to say. You're thinking dirty, right? That's, I'm not, that's I'm not, no, I'm not, that, that I'm not thinking equating? dirty. I'm thinking, is there something to be said yeah. about having a parent uh-huh. home? So I think, you know, daycare, first of all, you know, it's a necessity for some families. They yeah, have to work, I get they have it. to put the kid there. I get and it. surprisingly, there was a study that sort of showed that kids that started school early, daycares early, it increased their social and verbal IQs because there's constant talking around them and making behavior, stuff like that. In reality, I feel like if you have to do it, then you have to do it. And if it's something you want to do, it's a personal preference. Mm -hmm. I think any interaction is a good interaction. So as long as you have somebody interacting with your child, doing something with them, whether it's at home or at daycare or at the park, I think that is the key with development. I've, I've, I've often struggled with this myself. Uh, Our form of daycare now is having a nanny. Yeah. Similar, right? Right. And I've often said to myself, all right, should I be, you know, I got some stuff to do, but the nanny's hanging out with the kid. Right. I have a, uh, a guilt factor that I like, uh, right. I want to be with the kid, but sure. maybe it's not possible right now. Um, so you're just saying as long as the kid's being loved and doesn't matter where it's coming from, that's all that yeah, matters. Yeah, and the interactions help the verbal and social IQ, which is really important as well. Okay. Um, but the one thing that, yes, if you go to school at any age, there are going to be definitely more illnesses because you are exposed to a lot more germs. Mm. So kids in school at any age definitely are going to get sick more often, and that's just par for the course. Got it. Yeah. Uh, again, I, you don't really get this type of information in the, any podcast. I'm just glad you know where your kids out are. There. I want a map well, of no, their well, you, bedrooms. The, I didn't it was so to, confusing listen, to you. You said, did, did, yeah. did, my kids ain't sleeping together. 
Right. Well, that's well, what I was asking. Yeah, in the room, but, some kids sleep in the same room. Yeah, like, I know, but like, yeah. but but that, that's what I thought you were asking. When did they sleep together? Got and it, I was it, I was trying same. to I got it. Figure out where you were going with that. Hi. Hi, Angela. Nice to see you. I think the last time I saw you, uh, I just keep having you on my shows. That's that's pretty much yeah. <laughs> our relationship. So first and foremost, we have to congratulate you on uh, your recent pregnancy. We are so happy for you he here at uh, Daddy versus Doctor. Wait, have you announced it yet, or are we? Uh... No, I have. Okay, because that you would be bad. Oh, she's pregnant. No, don't tell anybody. <laughs> You didn't get the exclusive, doctor. Sorry about that. Nice. <laughs> How far along are you? Um, 17 weeks. I'm about to be 18 weeks, like tomorrow. You're doing the math in your head right now. What, 18, 18 weeks, weeks is? Yeah. four months. Like four, four months, months I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. So we wanted to know, at this stage, do you start buying, like, the crib? Do you start getting the nursery? Are people telling you what to get as a new mother? Is this happening yet? Or are we waiting on those things? Are you preparing? What's what's going on? I I keep doing the thing where I go, ooh, I have to do that. And then I don't do it. Like, ooh, I have to research what products I actually need. And then I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> so, um, I I do eventually need to start researching, like, what are the necessities in a nursery? Like, I always said I didn't want kids, so I never bothered to, like, learn any of these things or care about any of these things. So I really, like, obviously I need a crib and then I need, like, a changing station. But there's probably other things, like, you need, like, a pad to go on the changing station or something. And I don't know. I don't know anything. Okay, so this is what we were talking about. Right. Uh, we were talking about having like a welcome kind of bag or a kit that new parents buy because a lot of new parents, they don't, they don't know what to buy. Obviously, you need a crib. Are there essentials? Do, do, do you Sebastian's going to drop ship a crate and it's going to explode in your nursery and it's done. Like you walk in, it's done from the paint on the walls to the carpet to every piece of furniture. Great, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I like no, that. I mean, you do obviously a place to sleep where we talked about a crib and a changing station is great, obviously, to to change the baby. And then a lot of little things, it seems right. You know, you, you need the onesies for the baby. You need diapers and diaper wipes. You're going to need a car seat to bring the baby home. Um, you're probably going to want a chair. About, yeah. Like, yeah, like a glider chair. Yeah, and things glider. Like that. But what about like there's. I hear some people be like, oh, we have a warmer for the wipies. So, ah, like, we talked about that. Cold. Yeah. I think these Is are all like the, uh, no, they're fine. I think they're all like the extras, like the fancy fun things. If you want, are they necessary? I think babies got their mm -hmm. butt wiped with cold wipes for a long time before those warmers yeah. were. We were talking about it because Sebastian likes warm wipes on himself. I love them. You'll end up using them. Wow. It, it, you have a warmer, a wipey warmer for yourself? I, well, when I <laughs> bought one for the kid, but I ended up using it. Um, oh. Which was which that was nice. Um, what have you bought so far? What do you got? Nothing. Um, oh. I've been given a lot of gifts. Like, you know, fans have been bringing me gifts to my shows, which is very sweet of them to do. And um, 
I got good advice from a friend of mine because we have to have two nurseries because my husband and I split time with Los Angeles and Nashville. So we're, we have two nurseries that we have to build. And so my friend was like, take the free things from your friends. Like if your friend has a crib, they're like, we never even used this crib. He like grew, he didn't like it or he grew out of whatever, take the crib. And I'm like, I, I have no issue with hand-me-downs at all. I grew up on hand-me-downs my whole life. So I'm like, yes, bring me the hand-me-downs. So I haven't purchased anything yet, but um, I, I'm going to like eventually, I'm going to make a list and be like, okay, this is what I need. And then like my cousin already, she's like, we have a crib at my mom's house for when she babysat and they only spent the night once there. So the crib never got used. It's at my mom's. You can have it. So now I'm just like, great, we'll ship that to LA instead of buying one and stuff like that. You don't have to make a list. There's this book called Eat, Sleep, Poop. And in the beginning is a checklist of the things for you to get. Actually, it's Dr. Cohen's book. And we'll actually send you a copy. Trying to make trying to make ten ninety nine. No, I mean she could pay twelve dollars for the book. No, okay, we will send you a book, um, but it has the checklist of all the things you need and explanations of why you need them. So then you don't have to think because you don't want to have to think about this stuff. Thank you. Yes, it's been a little daunting. I'm still getting used to the fact that I'm pregnant. Like that's still a thing where I'm like, whoa, wait, what? Okay, I need to buy something. How is the pregnancy going? Is you know, are we having morning sickness? I know my wife was having you know some issues with uh, you know like getting on throwing up, and is it, has it been pretty easy or? So first trimester was a lot of nausea. I didn't throw up, bless the Lord, uh, but it was a lot of nausea acid reflux like never before like i'm already like a burpee girl but this was like violent burps where i'm like i can't even sleep like i have to sleep like sitting up because i ate a piece of bread like because i couldn't really eat that much stuff because i was so nauseous um but anything that i would eat it was just acid reflux for the whole rest of the day and trying to go to sleep was awful but now in my second trimester so much better and back to just regular burpee girl you know what i mean like i'm not trying to pretend like i'm um but now second trimester is so much better and luckily i was off the road for my first trimester i had like four shows it right in the beginning and then i was done and i had a little break and so it was like perfect timing because i was exhausted i couldn't do anything i would get up and like have breakfast and then be like mm, i need a nap and then i would just go back to bed wow it was hard so as a comedian touring comedian right mm-hmm. you're gonna have a a baby in a, a few months uh do you have like a plan in regards to like because i know lana and i went through this having a baby it's hard to be away on the road do you take the baby are you taking some time off have we decided like how do you manage the career and now Mm -hmm. being a mother is have you given that any deep thought or you just kind of you know i'll I'll deal with it as it comes or what's the plan there we have thought about it and luckily i have some amazing 
women who have gone before me that have been very generous with their wisdom and what they've learned and what, what's worked for them. Um, Eliza Schlesinger has been um, very helpful to me in, you know, this is how she's done touring with a baby. Um, I'm probably going to be reaching out to Ali Wong and asking her, like, how are you, you know, doing touring with, you know, she did it while she was pregnant and with babies. So, um, Thankfully, I have women that I can reach out to and be like, hey, how do you do this? Mm -hmm. um, but as of right now, I am planning on taking time off, like probably three months of time after the baby and then um, go back in the fall. And if the baby is going to come with me or am I just leaving on like short weekends and coming right back? I haven't figured that out yet. I'm sure that will all be based on like, am I breastfeeding and, you know, what kind of help do I have on the road? So I'm not sure yet. Okay. Just figuring it out. All good. All good. Now, you said that, you know, you haven't really given children much thought in the past. Now that you're pregnant, what was your family's reaction? Were they surprised? Were they like, it's about time? What What was the... What was the vibe with the family? I mean, you're coming from like a Mexican-American family where, you know, Mexican families tend to, you know, they're they're all about kids and, and having right. large families. So what was the reaction? Was it? Everyone uh, was very happy um, and mostly surprised. There were a few people that knew, like my mom and my sister were pretty much the only ones that knew that I was actually trying, that I had changed my mind about kids and that I was actually trying. Um, my brothers kind of knew a little bit, but, you know, they don't really care about that kind of stuff. Like, they kind of knew. Um, but they were both very shocked when I told them that I was pregnant. The rest, like, we have cousins out the wazoo, aunts and uncles, like crazy. Um, they were all very surprised. And um, I was supposed to tell them on Christmas, we have a big, huge Christmas party that we do every year. And it's like 50 people. And it was our first time getting back together since COVID. And um, I was going to tell everybody there in the white elephant game. Like I, I had this whole plan. Somebody was going to like open this picture frame of the sonogram. Get, I'm pregnant. Guess who I am? And you get a hundred bucks, like something like that. It was going to be like a whole big thing. And then Southwest shut down. All our flights were canceled. We were stranded didn't get to go home. So I had to do it on FaceTime with everybody. And everyone was just like shocked and like, wait, what? Because I had said no for so long and I'm 40 now. So they kind of like gave up. They're like, okay, she said no, she meant it, you know? Um, so everybody was surprised, but so happy. And I've just been getting text messages from family and they're still like, oh man, I'm still so shocked, but I'm so happy for you. Like, it's the best thing ever. And I think everyone did a great job of respecting that I didn't want kids for so long. So they didn't like put pressure on me or be like, are you sure? Are you, you know what I mean? Like they kind of just respected it. And then now that I'm saying I'm pregnant now, like the true feelings are coming out like, oh, I'm so happy. Like you're going to love it. It's the best. It's so hard, but it's the best. So I feel like now everybody's true feelings are coming out. Well, what what was what was the big change? You know, like you, you didn't want kids for so long. Was there something that happened where you're going, you know, what am I doing? Or, you know, maybe I should give this. What, was there something that happened in your life that kind of changed your mind around having kids? Yes. COVID. 
um, when everything shut down and we were all home and nobody was on the road, there was no production. So I didn't have any auditions or meetings or anything like that. The whole world had shut down. And I finally was able to be home and enjoy my home. Like I had a beautiful balcony that had no furniture on it because I never had time to go sit on my balcony and like overlook the city. And like, I I had never enjoyed the fruits of my labor. It's always been go, 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 hustle, hustle, next thing, next, next, next. And I was home and I was resting and I was enjoying my life. And this was the very first time that I didn't have a desire to be an actress where I wasn't, I wasn't like missing it. I wasn't like, Oh, when are we going to get back going again? I was like, if I don't book another gig, I'm okay. And I don't think I want to go back on the road as much as I was on the road. I don't want to go back to a grind and a hustle. Like, I don't think I want to do that anymore. And this was the first time I had felt that because my career had always been my baby And I felt like my honest feelings were kids were like a consolation prize to me. If I had kids and that must mean I didn't get my dream. I didn't achieve what I wanted to in my career. And this was the first time that I felt my career was not as fulfilling as I thought it once was. And it was like a big reality check for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, did I mess up? Should I have had kids? oh no, I always thought my career was just the most fulfilling thing ever. And now I'm like, oh, I don't even care if I have that anymore. And so that's when I started looking into it, being like, do I even have options? Because at that point I was like 38. And I was like, what if I don't have any eggs? Like, I have no clue. I had never looked into it because I didn't care. And I was like, maybe, maybe I should call my doctor and be like, hey, what's going on in there? And so that's how it started. And I started taking tests and like do blood work. And they're like, oh, yeah, you if you want to do something, you better hurry up because you don't have much time left. Like all your levels are low. Egg counts low. Everything's low. Like you you got to step on it, honey. So that's kind of what happened. Well, that's great. I think I think COVID did that. Not not necessarily made people want to have kids, but they they kind of reevaluated their life and what was going on currently and made some decisions. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was to have a baby. Maybe it was to change careers. Maybe it was to, you know, stop and smell the roses. I totally relate to, you know, what you're saying in regards to you're not being able to sit and actually enjoy what you've made for yourself, uh, which is a shame. You know, like I'd sit there too and go, man, I'm working so hard, but for what? You know, you, you come mm-hmm. home and you got no, you know, I, I was sitting on a, a kitty table for a year and a half. We just, we finally got a dining. That's hard to get di- off the wheel. Dining room yeah. table, you know? So yeah, it is hard to get off the wheel. I'm glad that you kind of had that realization. Uh, and, and now you're, you're having, uh, you're going to start a family, which is, which is fantastic. So your nail salon bit is just iconic. It's one of those things where I remember when it first came out and everybody was talking about it. They still talk about it. When you did the bit, was it one of your favorite bits? And did you kind of know, oh, yeah, this thing's going to kill? Or was it a surprise to you that it was as popular as it was? I mean, sometimes 
you, you don't know. And I was just wondering in the back of your head, did you kind of always know that that was just a staple in your act? And do you still do the bit? Um, all great questions. <laughs> I, I would say yes. And, and yes. Um, I started stand-up comedy by taking a free joke writing stand-up comedy class at my church on Tuesday nights because it was a entertainment type church. A lot of actors, producers, directors went to this church. So every Tuesday night they would have creative arts night and they would have like dance classes, acting classes, production classes, like whatever you wanted to get in. They had a class. So I was in the acting class and we would do improv games and I was funny. And then there was this uh, stand up comedian who saw me. She's like, hey, do you want to come take my joke writing class? And I was like, I don't know. Is it free? And she was like, yeah, I was like, I guess I had no desire to be a comic. And I was like, well, I do this like nail salon character. I, I'm pretty sure I could make that into a joke. And she was like, nail salon jokes are so hacky. Stay away from nail salon jokes. And I was like, I don't know if anybody does it like me, though. I'm just going to do it anyway. <laughs> and that's how it started. So I didn't know that it was going to blow up like it did, but I knew there was something to it. I knew I had um, a point of view, the accent. I knew I had something that other people did not have with this. But I had no clue that it was going to change my life, that it was going to become a part of pop culture, that it was going to become something beyond a joke now. This this joke has become nostalgic for people. And it's one of those things that like I'll have girls at my show and they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, I've been my friends and I have been quoting you since we were in high school. And I'm like wait, aren't we the same age? Hold on. <laughs> um, and, but I have people that are just like, every time I see that video, it reminds me of my dad. Cause he used to watch your video when he was going through chemo and it's become like something that people hold on to. And they quote regularly, like one line of the joke, they'll quote it in their everyday life. And I think about it, how I do with like old movies that I used to watch, like Wayne's World, Dumb and Dumber. There are specific lines from those old movies that I use in my everyday life that only people who are, you know, 80s, 90s babies will like get it. But it's anything from just like game on and I'll just be from it, Wayne's World or whatever. And just like... um all these random quotes from old movies that are stuck in my brain and they come out in my everyday language, that joke is that for some people. So I cannot believe that this joke that I wrote in this free class at a church has become that for someone. Amazing. Well, I think and yes, I still do it. I do it at my shows. And at this point, I do it almost as a thank you to my audience because I know that this joke is probably how people have heard of me in this audience. This is, um, like I said, something that's beyond a joke now and it's very nostalgic for people. So I do my whole set and then at the very end, I kind of present it as a thank you for riding with me for so long. Here you go. And it's just, you know, eruption and you know, magical goosebumps every time because people you it's not just I'm laughing at a funny joke. It's memories come up energy of just like, 
oh my gosh, high school. Oh my gosh, that road trip. Oh my gosh, my dad. Oh my gosh. Like all these things start coming up when you hear these words coming out. So it's like you feel the energy just explode in that bit. Well, I just, it's like when people do an imitation of a nail salon lady, they do, they do you. It's not even, they're not even doing like (laughs) the nails. nails, They're doing your joke, um, which is, you don't really find that a lot. Like a lot of times comedians just have jokes and no one really remembers them or whatnot. But to have like an iconic joke like that is something really special. Um, I, I, I want to leave you with this, and, and and I don't know if you've given this any thought, but you said you're kind of in Tennessee, you're in Los Angeles. Have you given any thought to kind of where you want to raise your kid? Uh, the, the, does the environment affect, you know, a lot of say, a lot of people say, you know, raising a kid in Los Angeles is really difficult just because of the environment. Um, uh, the, the, the South you know, some people say great place to raise a kid, Tennessee, you know, maybe the school systems, the public school system is a lot better there than it is here in Los Angeles. Any thoughts or are you just going to take this kid all over the place? You know, we have thought about it and talked about it, but we don't have an answer to it. All of those things that you just said, like raising a child in the South, like the quality of life is different. The school system's different, but at the same time, most of my community is California and I'm very big on community and family. Um, I, I have community in Nashville, but for the most part, my people are California. We do want to travel with um, our child. We have some friends that um, they, the wife works from home on the computer and the husband is an actor and they took a year off and homeschooled their kids and they just traveled the world and they went to Spain and they went to Italy and they just taught their kids by being in these different places and their children are, you know, so cultured and so in tune with the world and not just what's happening in their school in LA or whatever it is. And um, so we look at people like that and are just inspired. Not that we're going to do that, but we're inspired by that. And that seems like a beautiful way to live. I have friends. um, They're a, a duo, a husband and wife duo. They're called Johnny swim and they have three children and they'll tour on their tour bus and they bring their kids and their nanny and their band. And they do like small tours of like, you know, three weeks at a time. And then they come off the road and they live their life at home and they put their kids in school and then they schedule another tour and then they go with their kids on the tour. And I look at things like that and that's inspiring to me. So I feel like we're going to kind of bounce around but um, my roots are definitely California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you see a thousand kids, mm-hmm. you know, uh, over the course of your career. Have it has it been abundantly clear that the people that travel internationally, that those kids are a lot more well-rounded than, say, a kid who's just doing the nine to five, wherever the hell he is. Uh, are you seeing that as a, as, a, as a doctor? No, I don't think not that. 
the travel necessarily, but I think it's sort of the environment around them and the support they have around them, wherever that location is. And then if you have a British child, those kids are just smarter because they sound better than us. No, um, <laughs> no, but you know, and, and you know, what's interesting about travel and you said it's hard to live in different places. I think during COVID, a lot of people moved out of LA. We saw a lot of families moving out because of the stress of LA and realizing that that was difficult and moving to different places. Um, but I really think it just depends on what you have around you. Can I can I ask you a question? You know, we have a lot of obviously families who listen and probably expecting um, parents as well. And I get asked a lot about birth plans. Do you have a specific one? You seem sort of like go with the flow um, type person. Is that is that the plan, or is there something specific? Um, go with the flow is where I'm at right like now. Yeah. I'm sure I'll start like zoning in honestly once i come off like i'm finishing my tour right now and i think once i finish that and come off the road and i actually have time to nest and do all of mm -hmm. that i'm sure i will um prepare and plan right. more but i think right now i'm kind of just like taking it one day at a time and being like whoa my belly has popped like whoa that like these right. things are changing um but I probably will come up with with a plan. But as of now, I'm just like, let's just we'll have a baby and see. But I, th I think that's great because I think a lot of times we have so much expectation that we need it to be done a certain way, and then we're disappointed if something changes. That something sometimes huh. nice to sort of go to flow and and see on the internet that you have the size of like you have a rutabaga right now or whatever mm -hmm. vegetable that we don't right. know the size of right, right, right. it's growing inside of you. But but uh, I'm, I'm I've had two kids yeah. and I, could you explain what the hell a birth plan is? I, I don't even know if we had one. No, you know I, I think people the expectation of when they go in the hospital, what they're going to have, anesthesia, oh. you know those type of things around okay. the delivery, the plan, and sometimes and a lot of times things change, and I think a lot of the right ways. Do we know, or are you willing to say uh, if it's a boy or a girl, or do we surprise? Or I'm planning on telling the world um, at my last tour date, which oh. is going to be in Los Angeles. I started my tour in Los Angeles at the Wiltern last year on March 25th, and I'm ending it at the Wiltern on February 11th. Oh, and so I'm planning on announcing to the world then what we're having and just kind of include my my fans and my audience in that you nice. know nice try well i thought i thought yeah. i'd ask um well we're gonna have to we're gonna have to <laughs> gonna wait have to till february tickets. again and... you're not getting the exclusive sorry <laughs> Well, we're a huge show. I mean, we have about five or six <laughs> listeners as we speak, so um, it would have been a huge reveal. Um, listen, I know you're a busy woman. You're a pregnant woman, and you're a career woman, and uh, we really appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, to speak with us. We wish you all the best. You are going to get a book from us, Dr. Cohen's book. Congratulations. And, um, and uh, we will be in touch, and we can't wait to see your new baby. Thank you. Can't wait for our next booking. <laughs> our <laughs> oh God. So nice, nice to see Angela having a baby and um She says nice perspective of everything. Yeah. I I like the Hey. Yeah. 
not so rigid yeah. you know a lot of these uh, parents and new expecting mothers are very or or new expecting families i should say are like we need to get and and, and as long as we're on the topic we had i think it's called a, a doula a doula, uh -huh. a doula. Now, I didn't even know what that was mm -hmm. and didn't think we needed it. Um, but can you give an explanation of exactly what the hell a doula? What did she what did she do for you? That's why I'm asking. <laughs> she, she charged a shit ton of money. Okay. And she came over every once in a while to check on how Lana was doing and, you know, what she needs to do maybe in the uh, the room i know there was a ball involved like sitting on a like yeah. a like a like a workout ball or whatever that's all i remember i don't remember it being overly uh exciting um, oh, but it, doulas can be really helpful in the pre-delivery phase to help mom get ready and feel comfortable whether it's exercises and education and things like that and even afterwards as well helping out with the baby so a helpful a helpful hand. Helpful hand. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just uh, just remember getting the bill. I really like the fact that, you know, we've often talked about this at home, Lana and I, about immersing our kids in a different culture for maybe a summer to give them a like Chicago perspective. About <laughs> perspective. Preferably Italy, just going learning another right. language. I never really learned another language growing up. I never really learned an instrument growing up, although I did take piano and whatnot, but never stuck with it. But now having kids, I, I actually see through my parents' eyes how they always wanted me to stick with it. Right. And I'm hoping Serafina sticks with it because I know now at 49, it would be nice to sit down. And I don't know if I've ever told you this, but my dream would be to go to a party and there's a lone piano in the room. And I just I sit out and I just start tickling the ivories and people are like, Who's playing? It's me. And just We we have very different dreams because my dream is to be able to like run up any wall and do a backflip. Oh, uh, because I would just do that everywhere. That's a, that's, that's a good. Yours is a little more cultured than mine. Yeah, man. Yeah. Just so. I just thought that would be so cool. Just you know, just going deep down the right. Like we and, see, we see the video on the internet of you at Walmart, just yeah, or knocking those, it out. Yeah, you yeah. see those videos, yeah. of, of a guy in the middle of the mall, which I think, I think that's a little too. Uh, I think that's a little too presumptuous. Have you, see, have you seen the one at LAX? No. When you exit now, there's a piano there that anybody can play to keep the LAX atmosphere calming. Oh, I, I don't, I don't agree necessarily with <laughs> like. Oh, we're gonna put a piano in the mall, and some dickhead's gonna sit down, <laughs> and someone's gonna play chopsticks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not into that. I'm not into that. I'm into like, oh, there's a piano. A friend of mine um, was at the White House actually, and there was a piano at the White House, and he sat down. He started playing at the White House, and he had like a group of people around him. It just, it's just something about learning an instrument particularly the piano because it's often accessible and just like this guy's got a story now that i played piano at the white house i, I just think that would be something cool for my kids to possibly do in the near future any toys so uh 
this is uh, exciting for me. Uh, <laughs> Your voice this, gets very low yeah. and it gets excited. This is the second time we've done toy time. Toy uh, time. We don't know the toy. We don't know what we're pulling out of the, yeah. the, the bag here. So let me just. Um, what do we got? Oh, oh I'm, yeah. You know what those are? I think these are LOL dolls. Yeah. Uh, could be bath bombs, though. Yeah. But you know what's great about these? I think if we just unwrap them slowly, we will get 1 billion views. So for all you kids out there, I'm going to unwrap an LOL egg and we're going to see what's in it. We shouldn't do both at the same time because we want the viewers for the to sake like, of escalate. time. We, okay, we should probably unwrap these. Um, all right. Uh, I've seen my kids do this and I, I, I've often said, wow, why, why? What? What Why was, wrapped so tight like this? What was the equivalent when we were kids of something that like was exciting to unwrap? I don't like we had matchbox cards. I baseball cards like unwrapping baseball cards was cool, but we never had like this stuff. Yeah, this this is like the very eggs. difficult to <laughs> get into. Um, Does this come with scissors? Now kids are opening these. I mean, the, is this um, fine motor skills? As yeah. far as uh, I mean, uh, yeah, the, a forty-eight year old, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, I got it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Got here it. Go. No. Oh, wait. What do you got? This company, right? Uh, this LOL company? Yeah. Making a killing yeah, yeah. on this shit. Are there rare ones? <laughs> like, if we picked a rare one? Oh, look at this. How did they know I was a pediatrician? I got a baby. <laughs> I got a baby with a pacifier. Oh, nice. A um, baby who... Eyes are very dilated. Yeah, I got, I got, got a uh, a ring. It looks like a it's a keychain, cock so ring, shit. and oh, a uh, what kind of toys are these? It's a family show. Jesus Christ! And we lost another sponsor. <laughs> Thank you, Sebastian. <laughs> All right, uh, little baby. Uh, hey, I guess you, a little girl. What do you do with this thing? That's winking. What is that? Uh, something in there? Yeah, there's something in there. Can you get that out? Sand? <laughs> um, impossible but to get this is, open. Is this? Oh, there's lots of things. No, See, you can't open that. I can't. I can't. I tried. I, oh, I got this. I oh, got you got one, you got I one got too. One. So you like this one? For me, yes. as a parent, opening this up, I feel like these two items yep. here that you get that are paper, uh -huh. right in the garbage. No one is going to open these up. I feel like this is a waste of. Uh, Look, I got boots to put on the baby. Well, based on. Cohen's reaction to the gift. I like this. First of all, it's like a surprise. You open in like little surprises. Yes. It's very exciting. You get to unwrap something. Who doesn't like to unwrap a present? And then you have uh, like you get to keep the carrying case. There's a lot of trash. There is a lot of trash. Is. For for a parent, I don't think this is necessarily a, a good gift <laughs> in the sense that there's a, a lot of mess. But for, for a kid, for I think kid, it's fabulous. I could see the appeal. They get their their toys. They could store them in the little um, in the little uh, storage case here. Yeah. If you could write in and tell me, is this? Are you supposed to be able to open this? Because I can't uh, no, open this. I, here. I think this. Give me this. I think this is no, something but it's that, got something in it. It's got sand. You hear yeah, that? yeah. It's, I think it's just it's the just sand, the shake, just the a, rattle. Yeah, got it. Yeah. What is? Oh, it, what is uh, that? That's side. not kid friendly. A two year old with a buck knife. If anybody's walking around with a blade like this, too much. I've always thought, what happened in their life 
yeah. that they got to walk around with this. Like something happened when he was 15 yeah. that he said, I wish I had a switchblade. Like this is normal. I was thinking like maybe a scissors he would have had. Yeah. A D-Wool industrial blade. They have gone off I'm good. the handle. But did you notice that you can collect them all, all the charms? Yeah, How see, great is this? You come home, you give it to your child. They're like, had the best day. I like these things. So my my kids love yeah. LOL, and they have them displayed on their uh, their their like dresser, this, yeah. their bedside table. I think this is an excellent excellent toy to give a kid. Uh, again, but watch the age because these are all choking pieces. Choke on oh, this boot. See, you bring up something that my sister and I would have probably brought up. What two year old? Seems young. I mean, these things are very tiny. I'd be careful. Like what? What? What age? Age appropriate? I mean, what are we talking here? I mean, the the whole thing about swallowing. I remember I yeah. put a Fruit Loop up my nose when I was a kid, <laughs> and it was it, it was it was stuck up there. And I don't know. I think I was about four or five years old. Yep. When does a child stop putting things kind of in their mouth? Um, is there an age on that? I mean, we just like to. You know, sometimes I remember when Crusoe was two, we used yeah, to put like stuff. Yeah, two in and three year olds do it all the time, yeah. and then usually it starts to slow down. What's the weirdest thing you've heard that a kid like swallowed, or my kid swallowed a, and then yeah, we've had yeah, we've had beads in the nose and the ears, like beads. We've had like smelly stickers up the nose and the ears, like really stuck up there. I think this is the most common, like um like uh noodles up the nose yeah like up the nose do you take care of that or is that an ear no nose and throat we guy? try first often we can get it there's a couple perches you could take like um you almost like have an ear caret and you get around it and you flick it out sometimes you actually can take a little catheter and put the little tube up the nose and blow up the balloon the tiny bit and then pull it down and it yanks it down but if you can't get it out especially if it's deep in the ear then ent because they have good equipment they have like these almost like alligator pliers that are long and thin that can go in and, and pull it out can you buy medical grade yeah. equipment on the black market i, yeah, mean, I don't can... even think you have to go on the black market i think amazon has this stuff. i just bought off amazon this amazing because you know getting wax out of people's ears it's it's hard like you're going in blind and you're scooping and things like that so i bought a scooper that has a video camera on the end and it hooks the Bluetooth with my phone. So I can go in and see the wax watching on my phone and pull it out. And then I can take the scooper off and just look at the eardrum via the video camera. I'll show you your eardrum, it's really cool. You're using this at the office? Yeah. Okay, so awesome. here's my problem. If I ask my doctor, hey, where'd you get this? I'm expecting him to say Johnson & Johnson we have a deal with them. Right. Well, if, 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 if you go Amazon, well, I go. It's not exactly Amazon. I was being facetious. But, <laughs> but like, you know, it's not like a sterile procedure. Wax isn't a super sterile procedure that you have to okay. worry about. I just, I'm not I'm, doing surgery. I know you're not doing like, surgery, but I just expect like when like I go a to a doctor's office, I don't want knife. I don't want to come like home that. and go, oh, the doctor's got right, this. You got the tweezers from, on Amazon. Uh, Amazon. <laughs> um, so this, I think this is a big hit. Big hit. Big My hit. daughter, your daughter loved this. My daughters, when they uh, when they were this age, they loved this stuff. Too. Yeah, this is definitely a A plus rating for the daddy versus doctor toy rating. Oh, are we gonna do a toy ratings? Oh, that's good. And this could almost be like the Michelin star review for restaurants, but for toys. Yeah. 
what kind of grade we, we should come up with our own grading for now a plus is too high on this i say b plus do you have a do you have a grade and we could even I, it out yeah i like the a because i really okay. think everybody loves these i like collecting things and opening okay. things a minus okay an a minus here at daddy versus doctor for the lol uh ball kit and uh an a minus by the way is a phenomenal grade one that sebastian's never seen on a report i've never seen an a minus ever in my life pretty impressive but i'm giving them out here (laughs) on dvd another great episode of daddy verse doctor covering a myriad you love vocabulary so let's go with myriad of topics we had amazing angela johnson hilarious who's expecting a baby um she's four and a half months pregnant and uh we learned a lot about that. We actually ask you guys, please send in toys that you grew up with or that you're playing with or your kids are playing with now, and we will review those toys on Daddy vs. Doctor. And join us on Daddy versus Doctor at gmail.com. You wouldn't join us. You would probably just send in a information on it. Yeah. So, so guys, listen, if you're really enjoying what you're seeing here, would love to hear your comments below. If you're not enjoying it, don't leave your comments below. Want to be on the show? Email us, doctor at gmail.com. Do you ever have a Chia pet? Uh, I, I I do have one now at the house. Okay. Um, yeah. We'll see you next week, Daddy versus Hello. Doctor. The opinions expressed in this program are not intended as professional medical advice, as a diagnosis, as a treatment protocol, or as a substitute for professional medical advice from your physician. Please consider your own medical history and consult with your own physician for your specific health care and or medical needs and about your concerns for yourself and your family.